Wisdom Ways is all about living from the true power of who you are. Marianne Williamson once said, Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. If that is true, then how can we let go of those fears and become one with our authentic power? Speaking from personal experience, insights, and stories of awareness, Richard Schultz, spiritual healer and guide, invites you to take a courageous journey with him to finally let go of your deepest fears and embrace inner power beyond measure. Get prepared to travel to the inner spaces that will expand your awareness, freedom, and mastery of life. Thank you so much for tuning in to Wisdom Ways to Living from Your True Power. I'm your host, Richard Schultz, and this is the seventh show towards claiming your authentic power. In this podcast series so far, we've been setting the groundwork or preparing for a deep dive into wholeness integration, which will finally finally connect you to your authentic personal power. We've started by covering some of the fundamentals, the what, where, why, and how of claiming true power. I've talked about seven steps towards claiming your power, how to align your mind and how to reprogram your powerful subconscious mind with powerful beliefs to support you rather than sabotage your success. We've talked about emotions being the kingpin of your power, and we talked about the power of love. Actually, love is where all our power is, and we could have just as easily called this program the power of love. When I talk about wholeness integration, I'm talking about all the things in the previous podcasts, such as beliefs, emotions, but more than anything, I'm talking about loving and embracing all of who you are and loving what is. This is the goal and journey we are taking in these podcasts, one week at a time, one aspect of our wholeness at a time. So, In the last podcast, we talked about the power of love. We also talked about how our reality is reflected from within us. If there is a loving state within, then reality will tend to reflect that. If our inner state is full of fear or unresolved wounds, then reality must eventually reflect those wounds in our reality. The answer then to create the reality that we want and to get out of the patterns of pain and suffering is to shift our inner vibration so that we are attracting matching, empowering vibration outside of us. If we love ourselves wholly, then the reflection in our reality will be a sense of unconditional love from the universe. If there are parts of us that we do not love, then these will be exposed in our reality so that we can come back to the truth that we are love and that fear is illusion and a misperception of the ego in mind. One of the best ways for us to determine when we are not in alignment with the truth of love is through our relationship with others. This could mean a relationship with our romantic partner, or our parents, or siblings, or friends and strangers even. You will know that you are not whole if you are triggered in relationship to others and their behaviors. Every trigger where you are angry at them, blaming, judging, or in places of victim or jealousy, are places where you have stepped into the illusion of fear and are operating from past wounds or limiting beliefs rather than your highest truth of unconditional love. Consider the possibility that the other person that you are triggered from is an amazing soul. Come to reflect back to you those places where you are not loving you 
or where past wounds take you into a pattern of fear. That soul is totally loyal to you in reflecting this back to you and will never leave you until you get it and restore love. This all happens subconsciously in you and in them. You could push that person away, but another vibrational match will come in until the end of time, until you heal and return to love. There is no escape except to deal with your own vibrations. The good news is that each of these mirrors will take you one step closer to home, your true home of perfected love, if you do your inner work with your side of the mirror. So, you might wonder about the other person. How can you love them and their behavior? They are truly nasty, and it is their shit, not mine. Your own mind will say all this. Yes, that person might be dishonest, or a bully, or behave in ways that are not loving towards you or others. So in that way, they are not loving either in this unconscious behavior and are coming from their own wounds. They have inner work to do too. However, you will never change the situation by trying to fix them. You can use your side of the mirror for your awareness, and as Gandhi said, be the change. You have control over your own perceptions and reactions and can do the work to change your own vibration. If you do, then you will not experience that mirror again. Or if you do, you will not have a charge towards it. You will be neutral. That other soul will either be released from their responsibility to hold the mirror and will either not do the behavior again or they will continue to do the behavior with others, but it will not affect you. That person or people with behaviors that trigger you like that will vibrate out of your life. They won't be in sync with you anymore. You will not need them anymore. There are several kinds of mirrors and subtle mirrors that you'll want to be aware of because by knowing about the types of mirrors, it will help you to do the analysis of your reaction or trigger and understand the root cause of the trigger. Once you know what the reflection is showing you, you'll be able to release it through forgiveness and come to gratitude to the person or soul that was holding the mirror for you. This understanding of mirrors and forgiveness is helpful for the later work we'll do in these podcasts, where we will dive deep into these concepts as part of a body of work I call wholeness integration or shadow work. You might think of shadows when I talk about them as similar to mirrors. They both will continue to follow us around in life, until we shine the light of love on them and embrace their gifts. I was first introduced to this work way back on a trip to India that I talked about in my previous podcast. Susan, my teacher, was a great mirror for me as she taught me about the first mirror and forgiveness. And wow, did she teach me about many, many mirrors that I had and drew out lots of anger. We're going to take a short break right now, and after the break, we're going to learn about the first three mirrors of relationship so that you can begin to identify and shift the mirrors in your life. When you shift mirrors, step by step, life gets easier and more joyful with every mirror, and you'll move to a place of gratitude for everyone that comes into your life, no matter what they appear to have done to you. You're busy. Your life is hectic. 
but if you take just a few minutes every day for yourself, you can improve your relationships, health, success, and self-esteem. All you need to do is join Richard Schultz for his online course, The Refreshing Beliefs Method. You'll learn how to release fears and how to use your whole mind to achieve your goals toward a better life. Join Richard Schultz online today at refreshingbeliefs.com. Get back in charge of your life. That's online at refreshingbeliefs.com. Welcome back to the second half of Wisdom Ways to Living from Your True Power. Before the break, we were talking about the mirrors of relationship and how our own vibration and beliefs will be mirrored outside of ourselves, in our reality, and in particular, our relationships. Anytime we are triggered or have a significant charge against someone else or what they've done, then there is an unresolved root wound or limiting belief within us that attracts that experience and perception. When we resolve this within ourselves, we are free of the mirror and no longer attract these uncomfortable experiences into our lives. We instead have the capacity to move into true compassion for ourselves and the other people and learn to love what is. One step at a time, we learn to trust life to give us exactly the experience we need to come to peace and joy. This is a journey, and sometimes it feels difficult, but the best one we could possibly take. I'm going to explain now, with personal stories, three subtly different mirrors that will help you become aware of what your own mirrors are trying to show you. If you want to go deeper into understanding mirrors, then a great teacher is Greg Braden, and he's written several books on the subject. Future podcasts will incorporate the idea of mirrors and get really specific into claiming our power lost in these mirrors and in the shadows. I first became aware of mirrors of relationships when I was traveling in India in 1997. I had a lot of anger within me. If you listened to my previous podcast, you might remember the story of when I left IBM with lots of anger and went to travel the world to get positive again, as well as to find myself. After about eight or nine months of travel, I finally ended up in India where I met this seemingly crazy, spiritual, new age woman named Susan. She took me on a trip into a totally new understanding of reality that was on the opposite end of the universe from IBM, where it come from. Susan was exactly the teacher I was looking for at the time. Very early on, as we traveled together, she started to teach me about the first mirror, what Craig Braden calls the mirror of the moment. The first mirror goes like this. If you're triggered by a behavior, words, or actions from someone else, then turn that around and honestly ask yourself, Do I do that behavior, or have I ever done that behavior? Honestly, look at yourself. By trigger, I mean some kind of emotional charge. Do you react by getting angry, upset, sad, jealous, or other intense feelings outside of your conscious control? Stop the podcast for a moment and remember an incident where this happened to you. Can you recreate the trigger by thinking about the memory of it, or have you let it go? Do you feel it in your body? Check in for a moment. If you have your charge or trigger identified, what did that other person do to you? Or what was the behavior that got you upset? Were they dishonest? Did they cheat you? Ignore you? 
manipulate you, not listen to you? Were they angry or violent? How did they make you feel? What label would you put on them? Are they a bitch, coward, asshole, cheater, idiot, stupid? Now examine yourself and your history related to this behavior. Have you ever done that behavior yourself or something very similar? Be honest and open with yourself. Let go of any protection you have around this quality in yourself. If it is the first mirror that is reflecting back to you, then you will find that you have also done this, and maybe you are still carrying around the shame of it at some level. That shame is easier to project onto others than admit to self, so it is that vibration we set up in our reality, and it becomes a recurring pattern of attracting that behavior in others with our accompanying reaction until we finally forgive ourselves and the experience and that original wound. With Susan in India, I was processing several mirrors per day, and she was my main mirror. Several times a day, I would get furious with her, but I would process the mirror as she taught me. I would look at the behavior. I'd go back to my earliest memory of a similar reaction or when I had done a similar behavior, and I would forgive myself and the person that did something to me, usually one of my parents and then everyone else that had given me a similar experience through my life. I just allowed my subconscious to bring up the memories one at a time and worked through each one until I got back to Susan and forgave her. Susan taught me her method of forgiving these experiences, which was to imagine sending them love, surrounding them with light, and then sending them my forgiveness. Love, light, and forgiveness. When I was complete with the process, which only took a couple of minutes, Susan would often turn around and say, Well done. And I never even knew or told her that I was in my trigger. Somehow she knew. And I secretly wondered if she was actually doing her naughty behaviors on purpose. Susan used to call undesirable behaviors naughty in her English accent. I had put Susan on a pedestal of some great healer, and she pissed me off almost every day, all day long. I had a lot of stuff that needed to come out, and she was the perfect mirror to reflect it back to me so that I could process it and let it go. Then one day, I came across a behavior that I could not figure out in her. Susan acted in a very racist way. We were walking along in Nepal, and there were some Chinese children that came up to me. I adored children, and I was talking to them and being playful with them. Susan said, Get those dirty Chinese children away from us. They're dreadful. I want nothing to do with them. Stop talking to them and tell them to go away. Once again, I was mad at Susan. I went inside and identified the behavior that triggered me, and what came to me was racism. Susan and other discussions had told me how bad the Chinese race had been in this world, too. I went inside and tried to be honest with myself. Was I racist? Had I behaved in racist ways? Could I own being a racist sometime in my own behavior? Had I been treated in a racist way? I could not find this in me, at least not at the time, so I could not resolve the mirror and continue to be angry about Susan and her racist tendencies. But it puzzled me. 
What was I not seeing? What I was not seeing was a second mirror, the mirror of judgment. A couple of months after my experience with Susan is when I came across the book by Greg Braden and he talked about the mirror of judgment, the second mirror. In this mirror, which is just subtly different from the first mirror, you ask, do I judge that person for their behavior? When I asked honestly within myself, do I judge Susan for being a racist? And the answer was yes. I had found my mirror. My judger had become judging the racist, the judger. It was an enlightening experience for me because I quickly let go of the mirror and began to examine other places where I judged people. And there was a lot. As human beings in this experience, the mirror of judgment is everywhere. Check out the energy behind news in Facebook and other social media. People are naughtily playing out this mirror everywhere. How about you? Where do you harshly judge others? Look at your trigger experiences in life. Are you unable to come to compassion for the other person and release your mirror because you feel the right to hold on to your judgment and condemnation of them and their behaviors? Check in with yourself honestly. Then, forgive yourself for your judgment and then them and let it all go. You have no need to hold on to this mirror. Step into mastery of this mirror whenever it arises and come back to compassion and love. Know that Everyone is just doing the best they can based on their own experiences, programming, and their own wounds. If you had lived their life, could you have also taken on that behavior that they have? Probably so. The third subtle mirror is the mirror of what we've lost or given away. I remember being triggered by my girlfriend some years ago. We were walking down the street. We were holding hands and she said, let's skip. And she started to pull me forward and skip down the street. I felt an immediate anger within me. No, that's stupid, childish. I won't do it. I realized that with something as simple and fun and innocent as this, I was over the top emotional. I dug my heels in and would not do it. I carried the anger for quite a while. When I got into analyzing what this could be, I looked at the first mirror and then the second mirror and neither seemed to fit. When I looked at the third mirror, I finally got it. I was angry because she was mirroring what I had lost. I had lost or rejected or given away the playful child within me. I'd become serious, and I did not know how to connect with this playful child anymore. I'd projected my anger onto her because she owned her child, and a part of me was jealous that I could not be as she was. When I was a child, I did everything I could to feel that my dad loved me and was proud of me. He would never say those things to me. Instead, from his upbringing, he learned to love somebody was to be critical of them, to help them get better. I would never hear from him, I love you, or I'm proud of you. So as a little child, I changed my behaviors to the things that he would not criticize. In this process, I decided that my playful child was not important to him and would not make him love me. So I shifted my behavior into a serious adult very early on in life and let go of my child. I stopped playing, and I went to work for my father. The only time I would let my child out was when I got drunk. 
Once, I said I would never give up drinking because I liked my silly, childlike behavior that would come out only when I lost my inhibitions in drinking. The child in us is precious, and for most of us, we have lost those aspects of our child, and life will mirror those lost aspects back to us. Anything that we've rejected, given up, or lost is part of our soul, and to be whole again, we need to claim those parts back. The third mirror shows us what we've lost and invites us to notice it and restore it back into our being. This is the basis of shadow work that we will be discussing in future podcasts. Our shadows are all the light and all the dark that we have lost, rejected, or given away in order to survive and feel loved. Shadow is very often connected to our inner child that had the first experience and wound of that. When we claim back those lost parts, we claim back the power that they hold for us. They have gifts for us that can help us on our path of life into greater love, expansion, and joy. What parts have you lost or given away? So that's it for our time. In ending, I invite you to be conscious of the mirrors that are operating in your life. What repetitive patterns occur in your relationships? When you examine honestly each of these experiences, can you identify what mirror it is and what it might be trying to tell you about yourself? Just the awareness will help. It's the first step, and sometimes awareness will collapse the mirror and we step into compassion and let it go. Sometimes we also need a little help to do this work. If you need any assistance on understanding and shifting your relationship mirrors, please feel free to contact me. Email me, ring me up, or make an appointment with me. You'll find me at wisdomways.net. Thank you for tuning in to Wisdom Ways to Living from Your True Power here on the tlrstation.com powered by Tenacious Living International, where it is all about living outside the box. Have a great day, everyone. Are you ready to claim your authentic power? Visit www.wisdomways.net slash power to gain instant access to Richard's free video course on being powerful. And if Richard said something today that truly impacted you and you'd like to talk with him further about it, please connect with him directly at... 403-247-8042. Thanks for listening to Wisdom Ways. Have a great day. Talk with you next week.